and verse 6. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah in chapter 9. And we'll read just one verse. Verse 6. Hallelujah. Everybody have that? Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. His name shall, will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're focused on this name Wonderful today. We're continuing our message on it's a Wonderful Life. This is part two of the message, It's a Wonderful Life. Father, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity today to spend this time in your word. I pray, Father, that you give me strength and grace to minister the word of God to your people. Give me clarity of understanding and clarity of speech. And I pray, Father, that your people today have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive what you'll speak to us today. And I pray, Father, that the seed of the word gets planted in our hearts and produces the hundredfold manifestation that you sent it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful life. This is part two of that. Amen. Everybody say it's a wonderful life. My wife and I actually uh, watched that movie last night. Uh, it's a wonderful life. I'd actually never seen it before this week. And uh, so it's interesting to go back and, and see the actual movie itself. Really, really, really good uh, movie. Amen. The kind of movies you can watch, ain't no cussing and all that kind of stuff like that. All that carrying on. Nobody all in bed together and all that stuff that'll vex your righteous soul. Praise God. Now, we're still in this season that we call on, on Wednesday night the season of joy and cheer. All right? People, we've seen people in, in good moods and high spirits and everybody being nice. Some people who aren't usually nice are nice. Amen. People who are usually nice are nicer during this season. And uh, I talked about how even that uh, Andy, what's his uh, Andy, uh, I forgot his name, Williams, Andy Williams was his name, sung that, that song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Amen. And people are happy and rejoicing and uh, enjoying themselves together, family and friends, and people are doing all kind of wonderful things together, having a good time, as they should. I explained to you on Wednesday night that people are having that good time, and they don't even know why this season is so joyful. They, you know, people are cheerful and excited and joyful, but don't understand this time that we're in is a time that was brought on uh, 2,000 plus years ago. Remember in Isaiah chapter 9, oh, I'm sorry, in, in Luke chapter 2 rather, Luke 2, verse 10 and 11. Luke 2, verse 10 and 11. When the angel appears to those shepherd, the shepherds in the field, right? And he said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So this good tidings or the good news, or we could say the gospel, of great joy is to all people. And so this great joy was unleashed on the earth at that time. And in this season, every year, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether people know the Lord or not. There's still great joy in the earth during this time of year. Hallelujah. 
And this joy is spreading through the people of God. Hallelujah. He says, for there is born to you, this is verse 11. He says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. So you and I, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior. And I, I told you, people have commercialized this holiday, and they, they don't think about the birth of the Savior. They think about, you know, Christmas trees and presents under the tree and, you know, matching pajamas. And we see, get so many pictures of that. Matching, everybody does the matching pajamas and, you know, hot cocoa, and people do all of those things. And, and yet, when all that is over, when all that time passes, what happens then? See, when the tree is either dead or you got an artificial tree, you put it away. The presents have been unwrapped and you've returned them back to the store. Or you finally go use the gift cards. Whatever it is that you have, is the season over? See, for the people of God, we are celebrating all year and, and lifetime because for there is born unto us this day in the city of David a Savior. So if you've made him your Savior then it's a perpetual season of joy and cheer. And we don't return to being humbugs. We don't return to being, you know, uh, uh, mean and nasty and cantankerous and don't speak to folk. We're always in a season of joy, always in a season of cheer. Because for us, it's not a wonderful season, it's a wonderful life. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's a wonderful life. We just sing a song, I'm happy in Jesus. I'm happy in Jesus Christ. See, and when you're in Jesus Christ, you should be happy all the time. Glory to God. Always speaking to people, always opening doors, always, always passing out money. Always passing out little gifts. Year round. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Always gather with family and friends. Thank you, Lord. Now, this birth that we read about in Luke 2, 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, it is a prophetic birth. We could go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. We can go all the way through the Old Testament and see through almost every single book some prophetic word pointing to this day. We could see uh, prophecies that tell us about where he's to be born. And the time as to, as to who uh, for his birth. The, the one who's, who is going to be born to. Isaiah 7, 7 verse 14. For a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child. Okay? So there's all these scriptures that point to his coming. But it all starts back in a place we know from Bible, uh, Old, Old Testament Bible, uh, Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15 tells us where this all started. Remember Adam and Eve? They live in the garden with, with uh, the glory of God. They were born, or I should say created in a wonderful life. God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had created. He put man in a place called luxury, pleasure, and delight. That's what Eden means, luxury, pleasure, and delight. So Adam and Eve were living a wonderful life. In fact, we don't know how long they were living that life before the devil came along. People think they were living this life one day, next day here comes the devil, and they get kicked out of the garden the next day. No. 
We don't know. They could have been living that life for thousands of years or hundreds of years. or many. We don't know how long they were living that life. You understand that? And so they're living and enjoying this, this wonderful life until the devil comes and he deceives Eve. Has her eat this fruit of this tree that God had told them, don't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She eats, the tree, eats of that tree by deception, then gives it to her husband, Adam, who eats of the tree uh, knowingly. And so all of a sudden, God comes, and remember Adam and Eve, they're hiding now? Remember Adam and Eve, they're hiding now? Because that glory has departed. They realize that down there, both naked, okay, because the glory is gone. Their wonderful life is over, just like that. Just like that. But God comes along and tells them, I'm going to bring the wonderful life back. In Genesis 3.15, God says, says this to Satan, to the serpent. He says, and I will put enmity, hatred, strife, odds between you, certain Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, capital S. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So from this moment, God prophesies Jesus. He prophesies what we read in Luke 2, verse 11. Born to you this day is the seed. Are y'all with me on, on this here? Born to you this day in the city of David is the seed, the city of David. Remember, Joseph and Mary are the house of David. They're the seed of David. You follow, I mean, y'all understand how God had to divinely arrange things through 42 generations to make sure everything lined up to get it down to where to where Joseph meets Mary. They're both of the lineage of David. So that Jesus Christ is born of the house of David because God had promised David, I'm going to establish a man from your own lineage who will be established on the throne and you'll have someone on your throne forever. <laughs> and some of y'all know this. If you, if you finish the Bible class, you know when the, when, when the children of Israel went into Babylonian captivity, they went into Assyrian captivity, they, they, they were under, under now the rule of the Persian Empire, all those things, and, and they, they, were, they were being destroyed and the enemy was trying to destroy them, and God always preserved him a seed. Why? To make sure Christ would be born of the house of David. Oh, man, that class is so wonderful. Oh, my God. Just to have everything laid out. Bam, bam, bam. It's all to bring about what we see here. That Jesus would come and he would bruise Satan's head. Satan would bruise his heel. Right? Now, how many of y'all have had your head, your heel bruised, your foot bruised, anywhere? I mean, can you still function? But to have a head bruised. It'll, it'll knock you down. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit, because I hadn't thought about that. This prophetically points even to the future beyond. Remember in, uh, okay, man, y'all got a minute? Can I take a little detour real quick? Uh, I'm thinking it's in, hallelujah, Romans. I think that's a scripture I'm looking for. Y'all pray for me. Holy Ghost activate. <laughs> yeah, Romans 16, 20. He's active. 
Romans 16, 20. Look at what it says here. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. What? Shortly. Shortly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So God's going to crush Satan's under your feet. Thank you, Lord. Now, this one, uh, I'd have to take a, too much time. I'm not going to do that. But I, I, this is what I made me, the Holy Spirit brought back to me about in the book of Revelations about how the Antichrist, the beast, will suffer a head wound. Specifically says he'll be, he'll be wounded in the head. <laughs> All this is from Genesis 3.15. God's redemptive plan that goes all the way through generations, generations, generations. God sets things up. Hallelujah. Now let, let me get back on, on point here because what we saw in Genesis 3.15 is that God promised Satan's head would be crushed. Now eventually he's going to be crushed and done with. In other words, Jesus comes, put up 1 John uh, 3 verse 8. 1 John 3 verse 8. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in, in part B of this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? That he might do what? Destroy. Come on. For this purpose, Luke 2, 11. Y'all missed it. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Y'all got to stick with me here now. For this purpose, Luke 2, 11. That he might destroy. <laughs> Remember now the, how Adam and Eve lost their wonderful life was because of the devil. And God said, I'm going to get it back for my people. I'm going to bring my people back into a wonderful life. Glory to God. When, when God put Adam and Eve out of the garden, an angel was, two angels were established there. To, to guard so that they could not go back in and eat of that tree of life. So when Jesus Christ came, he went through a garden to a tree that we might have the right. Come on, saints. The right to the tree of life. To give us the right to the tree of life. To get us back into the garden. To get us back into Eden. To get us back into a wonderful life. That's why Luke 2.11 had to be there. For that's why such great joy and cheer to us. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Why am I so excited about that? Because that means that I have not just a wonderful season. Not just the most wonderful time of the year. But I have been brought into the most wonderful life that anybody can have on this planet. Why don't you shout amen one good time? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's a wonderful life. Now, so 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose was the Son of God, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, Luke 2, 11, that he might do what again? Destroy the works now remember I read to you Romans 16, 20, that 
the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now, but for you and me, if we're born again, his power, listen to me, is already crushed in your life. I don't know if y'all got that. His power is already crushed in your life. I need everybody that's homesick to know that Satan's power is already crushed in your life. He has no right to keep you laid on a sickbed. He has no power. You have the power on the inside of you to stand back up and say, no, no, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to do this no more. No, pastor, I don't feel good. I didn't ask you how you feel. Come here, listen real close. I didn't ask you how you feel. Well, I'm not feeling well. I didn't talk to you anything about how you feel. I'm telling you who you are. I'm telling you what you have. Oh, there are days I haven't felt well, but my feeling doesn't change the fact that I'm a blood-bought, blood-washed child of God who has a right to divine healing, a right to divine health, a right to divine life, and I have some power and authority on the inside of me to buck all of Satan's things. Put up Luke 10, 19. Because I'm telling you, if you're already born again, and I'm looking at y'all, y'all look born again to me. I know you can't judge a book by its cover, but y'all look born again to me. I assume if you're here on a Sunday after Christmas, you're born again. Look at what Jesus Christ told his disciples. And this is the, the disciples, watch this, who are unsaved, and not filled with the Holy Ghost. Did y'all just catch what I just told you? He's talking to disciples who are unsaved and not filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you mean they're not saved? Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. Nobody saved. He, hadn't, he, hadn't, he, hadn't, he had not ascended to the Father yet. There's no Holy Ghost to come. I mean, the Holy Ghost exists, but he had not come. So look at, look, at the, look at the authority, Laquanda. Jesus tells these disciples of his who just following him what kind of authority they have and they're not yet saved, not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. He tells them, behold, I give you, I'm giving it to you right here, authority. It's a delegated authority. I give you authority, come on, to trample on. Now that same serpent who showed up in Genesis 3. Oh, y'all better say so. The same serpent that showed up in Genesis 3 and messed everything up. He said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. He's not talking about going around stepping on snakes. He's not talking about going around looking at for snakes. And that's not what he's talking about. He, these are demonic spirits, demonic forces. I told y'all last week, these demonic spirits and forces, they are real and don't act like they are real. They are real. Hallelujah. But you and I are not to be fearing serpents and scorpions because you and I have been given authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power. That word power in the Greek is a Greek word exousia, which means executive 
authority. It means, it means authority. So I've given you power over all, we could say, the authority of the enemy. I don't know if y'all got that. The devil does not have authority over you. You have authority over him. Stop letting him dictate your life to you. Stop letting him dictate your weekend to you. Well, I, I, I can't go. I can't go because I'm going to be sick. Don't let him dictate that to you. I can't go because I'm not going to have enough money. Don't let him dictate your, your vacation plans and your, your life plans and your summer plans. I, don't let him dictate that to you. No, 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 no. He says, I give you a power, authority over all the authority of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, man, I just blew that. Let me fix that. Y'all, let me fix that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That word power there is, is dunamis. I said exousia. It's, it's the word dunamis. The, the exousia is the first word authority. I'm, I'm thinking King James. Because in King James it says, behold, I give you power to trample on. The new King James fixes it. Y'all weren't even going to say anything. The new King James fixes that and gives, gives you the word authority. That's the exousia over all the uh, power, dunamis. That's, that's power. That's, that's ability. Y'all got this here? And notice this next part. And nothing. Nothing. Somebody say it's a wonderful life. Why? Because nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now these were unsaved, non-Holy Ghost men. And here you and I are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, running for our lives. I'm not tired yet. Running of Jesus a long time. Don't you dare let the devil tell you anymore what you can and cannot do. Help me out. Tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, don't you dare let the devil tell you anymore what you can and cannot do. Hallelujah. No, he doesn't have the authority. You have the authority. You have authority over his power. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful life. Now, let's go back, please, to Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. Thank you, Jesus. And Isaiah 9, I'm going to start today in reading at verse 2. Is that all right? Just to kind of recap where we were Wednesday night. Verse 2 says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of y'all remember walking in darkness? But we have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now he's talking about the Gentiles here, of which we are. Okay. Verse 3, we saw this Wednesday night. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to what? That's great joy, right? When you get harvest, boy, you're... Your joy just goes to a different level, doesn't it? 
I say your, go to, your joy goes to a different level, doesn't it? Even as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. When they divide the spoil. When do you divide the spoil? After the battle. After the war. Now let's keep going here. Just keep that in mind what you said. After the battle, after the war. Because they're rejoicing like this. Verse 4. For you've broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the thing that was holding you down and holding you back is off, it broke it off you. The rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Remember I showed you Judges chapter 6, the day of Midian. We talked about how when Gideon was used to deliver the children of Israel, who were, they were being uh, impoverished by the Midianites. Judges 6 verse 6 talks about that. And God uses, uh, raises up Gideon as a judge to bring deliverance to them. Verse 5, for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. And I told you that means the war is over. That means the struggle is over. Wow, we've seen a great light. This prophecy is pointing to Jesus Christ coming, and he says, because he's come, the war and the struggle is over in your life. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. There's no more struggle. Now, for you and me to struggle, that means we're not operating in, the, in this, this new uh, Jesus wonderful life we're supposed to have. <laughs> we're still operating as if he has not been born. In fact, in fact, oh boy, thank you, Lord. Uh, we, we watched uh, uh, on yesterday, uh, Brother Leroy Thompson, his church, they had an actual Christmas Day service. Imagine people come to church on Christmas Day and not, it's not Sunday. And uh, he preached about this from verse 6, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. He talked about the difference between a child and a son. I preached that to you before. But it was so, so poignant when he preached it yesterday that many people in the body of Christ stay at childhood stage. And if you and I don't develop into our sonship stage, we'll never walk in the manifestation God has for us. For Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 says, for the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different than a servant or no different than a slave, though he's the master of the whole estate. So you and I can't stay in childhood stage. Tell your neighbor, you got to grow up. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And many Christians, most Christians, never leave childhood stage. I'm a child of God. Yes, you are. But you need to begin to say, I'm a son of God. Well, I'm a woman. I understand. I'm talking about, I'm talking about maturity here. There are things Paul said. He said, I cannot talk to you uh, as spiritual because you're still carnal. Carnal means you're still childish. Hallelujah. And if you and I don't ever grow up, then we will not ever attain the wonderful life that's already ours. And we'll still, as children, be begging for something that's already ours. Come on this side. We'll still be, as children, begging for something that we already have. If you're still begging and pleading and asking God, God, when are you going to do this? God, can you do this? You're still in a childhood stage. Now, the Bible says that as, as newborn babes desire the sense of milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the sense of milk of the word is supposed to help us grow from childhood stage to a sonship stage, to maturity. And if you're going to ever step into the fullness of this wonderful life, you got to grow up real fast. I said you got to grow up real fast. 
All right, let me get back on, back on task here. Hallelujah. Again, Isaiah 9, verse 5, I showed you where he said here that the war is over. That's why you can now divide the spoil. You rejoice as those who divide the spoil. You rejoice knowing the war is over. Our rejoicing isn't limited to one day or one season. This is how we now live. Like the war is over. Because it is over. The struggle is over. Stop. Don't go to popular stuff. Man, the struggle is real. Shut up. Stop putting yourself in their category. I'm going to come over here. Stop putting yourself in their category. The way of the transgressor is hard. The transgressor is supposed to struggle. People even get this popular phrase, I'm just trying to make the struggle look good. Why are you still struggling? Oh, boy. If you're still struggling, because it's because you're in your childhood stage. You got to grow up quick, fast, in a hurry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, look at Isaiah 9 and verse 6. <clears throat> He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Next part, and the government will be upon his shoulder. He's going to carry the brunt of the government, the administration, the authority, shall be on his shoulder. Hallelujah. Now, do you understand that you and I are the body of Christ? Jesus Christ is the head of the church. If we're his body... The shoulder is on us. And the government, the authority shall be on his shoulder, on us. So we're supposed to walk around in authority. Okay? All right, let me get to where we're going here. <coughs> Excuse me. And his name, and his name will be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, some translations will say wonderful counselor, but we don't want to follow that because the New King James makes it this thing proper, and there are many, uh, most other translations do. They do the same thing. They fix it. Wonderful comma. Counselor. Because wonderful is wonderful all by itself. <laughs> I mean, yes, he is a counselor. And he's a wonderful counselor, if you want to throw that in. But wonderful is an attribute by itself. And if we skip past that, we'll focus on counselor. But it says, and his name shall be called wonderful. In other words, that is his name. Now remember now, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I'm going to skip to the next part. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Unto you. Remember I told you, I told you that Wednesday night. He was born to Mary, but unto us. He came through Mary for me. Mary had him for me. She was a surrogate. <laughs> she had him for me. 
Now, so unto me a child is born, unto me a son is given. And what's his name? Wonderful. Jesus, what a wonderful child. Y'all remember that song? What a wonderful child. Somebody shout wonderful. Now remember, he was born unto us. So that means that his birth, his being given was to bring us what he is. Wonderful counsel, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Do we get his peace? Is his peace to us? Is he, is he a father to us? Is, is his might to us? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Give me a, oh, Lord, have mercy. This ain't in my notes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. Give it to me in the King James Version, please. I think it's going to read how, I, how I'm, I'm hearing it in here. I think it's the King James. Glory to God. Yes, that's it, King James. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and now notice this this says here he's made unto us so when he came unto us he brought with him we have received wisdom and 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 so whatever he was made unto us we receive Put up 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Hallelujah. Stay in King James. Make it easier. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So God made him something for us. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? So my point to you is, if we go back to Isaiah 9, and verse 6, you go back to New King James Version. I want you to see that for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I know this is boring half of y'all, but just, just, just I want you to catch this here. Because I want the rest of your life to be wonderful. I don't care if it's been absolutely 100% awful before. It's going to be wonderful from now on out. I said it's going to be wonderful from now on out. I don't care if it's been just so-so all this time. If you grab a hold of what I'm saying, it's about to become wonderful. Not a season, not a time, but a whole life of wonder. So unto us, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to myself, Elder Baker. Unto us, unto me a child is born. Unto me a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. Hallelujah. And his name will be called Wonderful. So God called him wonderful and made him come unto me. So God brought wonderful to me. Glory to God. Some of y'all are getting a hold of this. He brought wonderful unto me. So I could have wonderful. So I could be wonderful. 
so I can live wonderfully, so I can enjoy a wonderful life. Thank you, Lord. Look at this. His name. Now, I want to make sure you understand. You don't, don't lump that with counselor. Although he is a wonderful counselor. He is a good, a good counselor. But I want you to see wonderful by itself. Hallelujah. Now, listen, listen to me. This, this word wonderful from the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Let's just do the natural here. Let's get the natural on this. Because I want you to see the, if, if I say you're going to have a wonderful life, what your life supposed to look like. Wonderful. From Merriam-Webster. Webster, this is man's definition. Exciting wonder. How can folk in the body of Christ go around thinking this boring to be a Christian? That's because you ain't living the Christian life. You live in the religious life. The moment you start living the real Christian life, your life becomes an exciting wonder. Marvelous. I didn't capitalize that. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary capitalized it. Marvelous. Astonishing. Somebody say, my life will be astonishing. Notice how, how Merriam-Webster goes on to define this. This word, wonderful. Unusually good. Some folk had a, an unusually good Christmas. But I don't want you to have this an unusually good Christmas. God wants you to have an unusually good life. Now that means that there's a usual good. How's life? Oh, it's good. Oh, they live a good life. No, no, no. God didn't call you to live a good life. He calls you. Come on now. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful. So he came to give us an unusually good life. Which makes your life then admirable. What does admirable mean? It means people sit there and look at you and admire. Oh, look at that. They, are, they have such a good life. They live, oh, wow. People ought to be standing in awe of the people of God. Unusually good life. Somebody say, I will, I will live an unusually good life from now on. Not just a season. Not just a day. But a whole lifetime. Unusually good things are happening to me. I wonder if y'all can just prophesy that over your own life. Unusually good things are happening to me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Unusually good things are happening to me. Oh, y'all will grab a hold of this by, by New Year's Eve, I think, hopefully. Unusually good things are happening to me. Hallelujah. I'm expecting great things. Remember we used to sing that every Sunday? Well, if I'm expecting, then I'm expecting unusually good things to happen in my life. I don't know. I might go home tomorrow. There, there might be a Range Rover parked in my driveway. Oh, that can't happen. That can't happen. something. Let me tell you something, Christians. We ought to at least outdo the world. See, the world talks like this. The world talks about putting things out in the universe. Am I right about it? 
That's how New Age is talking in, in the world. Natural people talk about, uh, you just put it out in the universe, put it out in the universe. Now, that's not, that's not biblically based. So, so you and I ought to at least do more than what they do based on the word of God. We ought to at least be able to say with some real enthusiasm, unusually good things will be happening in my life. Unusually good. 2022 is going to be an unusually good year. I said 2022 is going to be an unusually good year. Can you shout hallelujah? I'm expecting great things in my life. Hallelujah. Somebody, God might, 2022, just give you a house. Oh, who am I going to An unusually good year. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. I declare as your prophet a wonderful life. Hallelujah. I'm getting happy myself. Now, don't you sit there and talk about, well, how can these things be? I don't know how. I ain't, it ain't no how about how you can't. I ain't talking about you doing something. Unto you a child is born. You didn't go through nine months of labor. You didn't go through no morning sickness. You didn't go through any birthing pains. Yet unto you. That means I'm talking about God doing something that's beyond your ability, beyond your control, beyond your experience. He's going to outdo you. He's going to do some unusually good things in your life. Hallelujah. That you didn't really work for. Just the favor of God shines on your life. And you look up one day and it's unusually good things. And you look up the next weekend and something else unusually good. You look up this whole month, it was an unusually good month. You look up this whole quarter, this was an unusually good quarter. Hallelujah. All right, watch this. Unusually good, admirable. Hallelujah. Let me give you some, some now we're talking about your life. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about my life. Tell your neighbor, he's prophesying over my life. This is what I'm preaching here. Your life. Your life from this day forward, if you'll grab a hold of it. Now, let's, let's look, look at some synonyms that Merriam-Webster gives for wonderful. Look at some synonyms. Amazing. Astonishing. See if you can grab hold of just one of these here. Astounding. Awesome. Awful. Now, when you see that word awful, don't, don't let that throw you. It means full of awe. A-W-E, full of awe. I mean, people go, wow. People drop their jaws on you. They're like, how you, how, how, what, what, what? Eye-opening. 
Y'all missed that. Eye-opening. God wants to do some things in your life that's going to open other folks' eyes. You've been telling them how good God is. I said, you've been telling folks how good God is. I was up praying the other day. I think it was a Friday morning, and the Holy Ghost reminded me. I was praying and just saying, God, this is some things I'm saying that ain't right. And the Holy Ghost reminded me. He said, there's profit in serving me. I'm going to show you there's profit in serving me. Don't you quit. You keep doing what I tell you to do. Don't worry about what's happening to other people. You just keep on doing what I tell you to do. I'm going to show you there's profit in serving God. Thank you, Lord. Because God wants people's eyes open. And he's got to find somebody who will uh, let him use them. He needs to find somebody who he'll let, who they, they will let God use them to open people's eyes. That means there's got to be some unusually good things. Eye-opening. Fabulous. I'm describing your life. I'm going to say this for the young people. Instagram worthy. Now, I don't mean you got to put it on Instagram. I'm just saying it's Instagram worthy. Where, where you ain't got a stage a picture. Oh, boom. Ah, 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 y'all. Oh, God. Oh, God. You ain't got a stage a picture. To make it look like you're really doing well. No, it's just gonna be just you can you can take a picture any time of day, seven days a week, 365, and this, this is how I live. I live fabulous. This ain't no pole shot. Fabulous. Marvelous. This is my life. Miraculous. Say miraculous. Now I'm gonna come back to that one. Miraculous, staggering. Can, can anybody believe for staggering prosperity? Staggering abundance. I mean, that's the kind of thing when people see the amount of zeros behind it, they just go, oh, hold on, God, we talk. What? Stunning. Somebody's stunned, they stop in their tracks. They were walking, hey, hey. Golly. What, what is, what manner of man is this? Surprising. Wondrous. Mm. Do y'all catch what I'm saying to you? There's a scripture I've been on for many years, Ephesians 2.10, the Amplified Classic. talks about that God has uh, prearranged and made ready this good life for us to live, a good life. And I've been talking about, thank you, Lord, for a good life. You want me to have a good life. And now he, he's upgrading us from good. He's upgrading us from good to unusually good. A lot of folk have a good life. He wants to have an unusually good life. A wonderful life. Look at this here. 
Now, let's, let's switch here. Let's go from the, from the natural to the spiritual here. This word wonderful from uh, the Greek concordance, or the Hebrew concordance, rather. Pele. This is exactly how it's pronounced, Pele. Look at what it means. Wonderful, a wonder. Marvel. A wonder, which, watch this, extraordinary, hard to understand thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't wrap your mind around it. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around our lives, how it is now, and we ain't even hit a wonderful life yet. It's just, I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what God has done. Certainly other people who don't know faith and don't know how God works trying to wrap their mind around it. They, no sense. Extraordinary, hard to understand thing. Wonder of God's acts of judgment and what else? Redemption. All the way back from Genesis 3.15. It comes from another word, wondrous, H6381, which is the Hebrew word pala. Pala. It went from pele. Pele comes from pala, which means to be marvelous. To be marvelous, be wonderful, be surpassing, be extraordinary. Extra, extraordinary means above ordinary. Nothing ordinary about you. Tell your neighbor, there's nothing ordinary about you. You're the head or the tail above only, not me. There's nothing, extra, nothing ordinary about you. What God has cleansed, let no man call common. I was in line at the store one day. Uh, this, was, this was this week. I was Christmas shopping. And I sit in line at one of them uppity stores where they had everybody standing outside, right? And uh, I'm standing there. And uh, I'm now ne I'm next in line. And the, they got the security guard there. Never acknowledged never, never acknowledge me, never says anything. Just, you know, they letting people in and out. I'm like, so I'm standing there. I'm like, let me be patient. And all of a sudden, this guy comes along. This other guy comes. You know, he allow, allow me for, uh, for profiling. Thug. Just allow, allow me to profile. He comes along. He's a thug. But he dressed in all this stuff. You know, they, they throw all the gear on. And he comes there, and uh, he's like, hey. Let me just. And so the guy's like, oh, let him in. I said, oh, y'all not getting none of my money. You must not know who I am. You don't know who I am. I'll go somewhere else and spend my money because I'm not going to let you treat me like I'm a nobody and homeboy come here and y'all act like he's a king. I'm a king. And kings don't let anybody talk to them and treat them any kind of way. Am I in the right house today? Kings do not let people treat them any kind of way. So I'll go somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. Extraordinary. Watch this. Man, I didn't hurry up. Separate by distinguishing action. God is going to separate you by some distinguishing actions this year. 
did you grab hold of that? He's going to separate you by some distinguishing action. There's something he's going to do for you that doesn't happen for anybody else. To separate you and make you extraordinary, uncommon, marvelous, astounding. Watch this. Now, I'm still dealing with wondrous here because I'm going to show you something here in a minute. To, to be beyond one's power, to be beyond one's power, something you can't do. Watch this. Be difficult to do. To be difficult to understand. To do extraordinary or hard or difficult thing. So God is going to do things that are extraordinary, hard, and difficult. Beyond your power. All to make your life wonderful. Now, wonderful does not just simply mean that it's wonderful, you're enjoying it. It means other folk wonder. Your life is full of wonders. Can y'all handle this here? Let me try to, oh man, oh glory to God. I thought I'd have been done by now, we've been heading home. Watch this. Let's go to Judges 13. I got to show you this here. I might, I might drop some of the rest of this, but I, I got to show you this here. Remember what I gave you in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And his name shall be called Wonderful, comma. Not, not just Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful, comma. Judges chapter 13. <clears throat> and verse 1. Remember we were just in Judges 6. I talked about Judges 6, how God raised up Samson. I'm sorry, uh, Gideon, children of Israel had got into sin, apostasy, and uh, idolatry and all that kind of good stuff, bad stuff, and uh, they're in sin and God has raised up a judge. Well, this happens over and over and over again in the book of Judges, right? Look at Judges 13. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for how long? 40 years. Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah, and his wife was what? Barren. Barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. It's a turnaround. Now, remember now, this is a woman who is barren, which means she does not have the power to bring forth children. Got it? She needs a wonder. Did you catch that? She needs an extraordinary thing. She needs something that's astonishing, astounding, something that's beyond her own power. Got it? And so does a nation. Because a nation, if they could have gotten themselves from under the hand of Philistines, they would have done it. But for 40 years, they're under the hand of the Philistines and they cannot deliver themselves out. So God has to do a wonder for Manoah's wife that becomes a wonder for the nation. Can you see yourself bigger than you are? Oh, watch, watch this. Now, who comes to her? Verse 3, and the angel of the Lord appeared. Now, notice this is capital A. It didn't say an angel of the Lord. 
It says, and the angel. How many of our Bible scholars know who this is? This is Jesus incarnate. This is Jesus appearing on the earth before he was born in Luke 2.11. So notice the angel of the Lord, Jesus, comes to bring a wonder to this woman and to a nation. Y'all got it? I don't have time to read it all, but she gets the message. She's going to have this boy. He's going to be a Nazarite from, from the womb. Don't cut his hair. Don't, you can't eat anything off the vine. You can't drink any wine, anything like that, because this boy is going to be special to the Lord. Right? Go down to verse 11. Verse 11. Says, so Manoah, because she went home after, after she got the message, she ran home and told her husband, hey, somebody, some guy showed it to me and told me some news. Verse 11. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, capital M, he said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. Yeah, let, let my wife have this baby. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? What's his life going to be all about? Tell me, because I want to make sure we follow things precisely. That's, that's the message by itself. Verse 13. Verse 13. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, nor uh, may she drink uh, wine or similar drink, nor anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Verse 15. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. Verse 16, and the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. He didn't know he was Jesus. Now watch these next two verses. Are your eyes on these next two verses? Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? Verse 18, and the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Now, who's this talking? Jesus. Who? Jesus. Jesus. And he said, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Already Jesus Christ is declaring his name Wonderful. I don't, I don't know if y'all get that. Saying it is wonderful. Now do me a favor. Let's, let's look at a couple more translations of this same verse here. Verse, just verse 18. Just verse 18. Give it to me in the CEV, the Contemporary English Version. C.E.V., watch this. I want y'all to see what this wonderful is. No, the angel replied. You don't need to know my name. And if you did, you couldn't understand it. Somebody say the name of Jesus. It's wonderful. We, we don't even understand what all that name means. That's why you and I can't use that name in vain. Just throw that name around loosely. It's wonderful. Look, get, give me that same verse in the easy to read, ERV. 
the angel of the Lord said, why do you ask my name? It is too amazing for you to believe. My name is too amazing. My name is too big for you to even believe it. Throw this in. Give me the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Give me the NLT. Let's just make this case here. I just want you to show you what your life is supposed to be all about. The New Living Translation. I, I think we should have that, hopefully. NLT. Glory to God. Read what it says. Why do you ask my name? The angel of the Lord replied. It is too wonderful for you to understand. Now who's talking here? Jesus. Now at this time his name isn't Jesus. Before he wasn't Jesus. He's the angel of the Lord. He, Jesus was an earthly name given to him when he came here so he could function among the children of Israel. He's the angel of the Lord. Y'all got this here? Okay, one more place, or one, one more translation. This one I had to send to y'all. The God's Word translation. Boy, this is going to bless my socks off. I want you to see what's born to us, what's given to us. The God's Word, the GWT. Hopefully y'all have this. I, I sent it to you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all got it? All right, they're getting it. Because I want y'all to be able to read this with me. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. Okay. It says, the messenger of the Lord asked him, why do you ask my name? It's a name that works miracles. It's a name that works miracles. So here he's declaring himself as the miracle worker. Before he opens one blind eye in the New Testament, before he unstops one deaf ear in the New Testament, before he raises one dead person in the New Testament, he's making a barren woman conceive he's already working miracles he says why do you ask my name it's a name my name works miracles did y'all catch that glory to God in my name you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in my name you shall cast out devils. Y'all hear this? Yes, sir. In, in the third chapter of Acts, when, they, when that man at the, at the gate was healed, yeah. the people say, how is this man healed? And Peter and John said, this man, by the name of Jesus Christ and faith in his name, has made this man whole. The, he said the name made him whole. That name works miracles. Yes. Now he said, my name is wonderful. So God wants you and me to live a miracle life. A supernatural life. Not a normal life. Not an everyday life. Not an average life. Not a regular life. But a miracle life. Somebody say a miracle life. 
Glory to God. So Isaiah 9, 6, and his name shall be called Wonderful. We could also then say, and his name shall be called Miracle Worker. Which means our lives, let me, let me, let me take this to a close here. Our lives should be amazing, should be astonishing, should be astounding to the world. Our lives should make folk stand in awe. In Luke 5, verse 25 and verse 26, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. And I want you to see what happens here in Luke 5, verse 25 and 26. It says, immediately he rose up before them, took up what, had been lying on, what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Look at verse 26. Hallelujah. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen. When people see the miracles God does in your life, they're going to be left saying, we have seen strange things. We have seen unusual things. May you let God, please allow God to bring miracles in your life that will cause people to say, we have seen strange things in St. Petersburg. We've seen strange things in the Bay Area. We've seen strange things in this ministry. We've seen strange things in the people of God. We've seen strange, unusual things. Hallelujah. Job 9 verse 10. Job 9 verse 10. Just to encourage you. Look at what's said about God. He does great things past finding out. Yes, wonders without numbers. So that means the wonders means they're past finding out. You see what he says? He does great things past finding out. Yes, or yes means I'm talking about wonders without number. Now, if he does wonders without number, then every day, if you got a wonder every day, you say, well, ain't nothing else God can do for me. Shoot. God will mess you up next week too. He'll do something totally astounding for you in January. And you say, Lord, what else could you do for me? He say, oh, I got, I got many more wonders I can do. I got all kind of things I can do in your life. Because as you and I, thank you, Lord. In, in Genesis 26 and verse 12, it says, this man Isaac began to prosper. He began to prosper. Well, that don't mean you stop. God wasn't done. He began to prosper, and then it says, and he continued prospering. Well, God wasn't done. It says, and until he became very prosperous. Now, the result of him becoming very prosperous, it goes on to say, and the Philistines envied him. That means God wasn't halfway through so folks said, wait a minute. Has God been good to you? Ask your neighbor, has God been good to you? Now tell him he ain't done. Tell him he's just getting started. Until folks are sitting there with their jaws dropped. 
until folks are sitting there with that, now their eyes are open. God ain't near about done. I know that, that that's not good English. He ain't near about done. Do y'all hear me at home there? God's not nearly done with you. God will raise you up. He'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll bless your socks off over and over and over and over again. And every round will go higher and higher and higher and higher until everybody's standing in awe. Wow. And he says a past finding out, which means you can't understand it and you can't explain it. So don't bother trying to understand it. Don't bother trying to explain it. Just, oh, you just, just tell somebody when, when they ask you, say it is what it is. When God rained down manna from heaven for the children of Israel, the reason it's called manna, manna means what is it? They didn't know what it was. What is it? I don't know. Last place, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 20. I'm going to prophesy to you one last thing. If you'll receive it today. Are you sure you receive it? Say, I receive it. Exodus 3.20, listen to what God says. The children of Israel are in Egypt in bondage, slaves for 400 years. And God raises up Moses to go in and get them out. Notice what God says, how he'll do it. So I will stretch out my hand. Now, if they're in, late, in slavery 400 years, they couldn't get themselves out. No matter how hard they tried. You don't think they, they, they developed some kind of escape plans every once in a while. They tried to put together a little, hey, I think if we can just, you know, catch master sleep. One night we can, you, you, think, you don't think they did that? I'm sure they did. But God had to step in. There are some things you've tried and tried and tried and you've not been able to get yourself out of. And God says, but I'm going to stretch out my hand. Some things you've been tapped, tied up in, tangled in. He said, I'm going to stretch out my hand. And we'll strike Egypt. Now, Egypt is the world system. And we can see it happening in the world right now, and we're going to see it on a grander scale in the coming days that God is striking his world system to get you out. He says, I will strike Egypt with all my... All my what? All my what? My wonders. He said, I'm going to strike Egypt with all my wonders. I'm going to do some miracles. I'm going to do some signs. I'm going to do some things that are extraordinary. I'm going to do some things that are beyond understanding. He said, now watch this, which I will do in its midst. Here comes the good news. You ready? And after that, he will let you go. Y'all didn't catch that. I'm looking for somebody. Maybe there's people online. After that, he will let you go. After God strikes Egypt, after God brings up all his wonders, after God does astonishing, astounding things, it says the system is going to let you go. What's held you down is going to let you go. And he says, suddenly, because they've been in Egypt 400 years as slaves, and they get delivered in one night. I don't know if y'all caught that. 
Can anybody believe God that he will get you out in one night? I don't know if y'all understand a suddenly deliverance, a suddenly breakthrough, a suddenly season, a suddenly open door, a suddenly way that's made, a sudden healing, a sudden turnaround, a sudden breakthrough in your life. And I prophesy to you that God this year will do wonders in your life and that what has had you bound, what has had you held up for a long time, you will experience this year sudden breakthroughs, sudden open doors, sudden ways made, sudden turnarounds that you'll be out and you'll be out for good, never to go back in because God will do something amazing in your life for his name is wonderful. Give God a shot if you receive that right now. Supernatural deliverance. Suddenly. Supernatural turnaround. Suddenly. Supernatural breakthroughs. Suddenly. Supernatural breakouts. Suddenly. What's going to take? Not all your maneuvering. Not all your planning. Because if your planning could have got you out, you would have been out. If your budgeting could have fixed it, you would have been out. God says, I will stretch out my hand and I will strike Egypt with all my wonders. God's going to strike the head of that enemy that's been holding you back, holding you down. Oh, some of y'all say, well, Pastor, I'm already doing good. I ain't talking about good. And I'm not talking about good. I'm talking about unusually good. I'm talking about wonderful. Some folk in the body of Christ not even doing good and they won't even hear what I'm talking about. They're like I'm talking some Swahili or something. They won't even respond. But I'm giving you the answer from the Lord. That he has said he's bringing us into a wonderful life. I don't know about you, but that's me in my house. We're going to step into a wonderful life. You receive that today? Why don't you take just a moment and give God a big shout of praise and thanksgiving? Come on, give God a big shout of praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe God for it. That we've not even seen the tip of the iceberg. Now, a wonderful life, not just in your finances, don't limit it to your finances, but in your physical man, a wonderful life. That you walk in a level of health that you've not walked in before. Can you understand that? Can you agree with that right now? That you're walking a level of health you've not walked in. That you'll walk in the midst of viruses and germs yes. and won't be affected. That's a wonderful life. 
when God did those wonders he just talked about in, in, Ephesians, in uh, uh, Exodus 3.20, when those wonders came, the children of Israel were not affected by any of the things that, that were going on around them. The Bible says the wicked one touches us not. Now, we've, we've probably accepted a little more, thing, more things than we have to. Me included. We've accepted more things because, well, that's just part of life. It's natural. No. 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 We're going to step into a wonderful life. Hallelujah. And when people's eyes pop open, unsaved friends, unsaved family are going to start looking at you like, wow, okay, all right, okay, I believe you now. I want to hear what you have to say. And it will happen. How does this happen, Pastor? You got to be as Mary was in Luke chapter 1. Be it unto me according to your word. Just say that, Lord, be it unto me according to the word I've heard today. I receive and I walk in a wonderful life. In Jesus' name, amen. Put those hands together and give God a big praise today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord our God. Were you blessed today by the word of God? I believe God.